Morning, everybody. Thank you for the worship team. We're going to be looking at Ephesians chapter 6 again this morning uh, as we consider again uh, the invisible war. I invite you to turn there in your Bibles. Uh, we're going to be looking at we're going to read through the passage one more time, Ephesians 6. We're going to look at verse 10 down through verse 18. We'll be reading that in just a moment. did want to circle back to something that Mike said early in the service. We talked about, he talked about a young adult worship night that is coming up. Um, he actually taped that a little earlier in the week, and we found we had to move the date. So it is actually going to be July 29th will be the worship night. That is a Wednesday night for the uh, young adult worship time. Young adults means anybody post-high school. If you have any questions about it, uh, Joe and Natalia Parker, Dennis and Kate Chachko, Mark and Tracy Janice uh, will all be a part of that. All young adults are invited. Love to have you come. There'll be a worship team leading uh, a worship night and a gathering together out under the, the tent. Uh, also be a special guest there. Mr. Softy will be showing up, uh, providing free uh, offerings to those that come. I uh, really hope you guys can come out to this special night of worship. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 18, and it's really verse 18 we're going to look at this morning, but I want to read the whole passage just to again get the sense of how this all fits together. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground and after you have done everything to stand. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. Let's pray. Lord, we gathered this morning throughout this, our South Jersey community, some far farther afield than that, that are watching online. And Lord, we come recognizing all of us that belong to Jesus Christ, that we are in an invisible conflict, that you are seeking to provide for us the capacity to stand, to live lives to your glory, even in the midst of our great weakness and frailty in the face of such onslaught. And God, as we think this morning of the place of prayer in this, I pray that you would teach us, that you would grow us as your people with thoughts of of how we are to stand through this means of plugging into your power source through prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. A number of years ago, my community group, we, we seemed to have a year, one year, where everybody was moving, so we were doing a lot of moving of groups and fi- of members of our group, and 
one of the group members came up with this idea. We decided to get a, actually it was a person who was moving, got a, got a truck that had not just a, a ramp, but actually had a lift to it. And the lift, and, and so we were having a great time. Actually, I was put in charge of the lift, probably because I was the weakest member of the group uh, for the lifting. And so my job was to do the lift, and I'd press the button, and we'd, we'd load stuff on, and then, and then it would come down, and because uh, there was no ramp to carry it off, we'd actually load it down, and, and lighter stuff we'd just hand off. But everything went great, and we just finished the last piece that had been unloaded from the truck, and I was feeling great, and, and it came down, and people came, we took it and took it inside, and I came back out to press the button to just get this, this, this shelf now, the lift the, the, the thing sat on, was now sitting on the, on the road, on the ground, and I pressed the button, it was just nothing, it was just completely dead. So we get the more mechanical uh, people of our group together and everybody's trying to figure out what's wrong because you obviously can't drive along with, with this, this lift shelf sitting on the ground. So we tried everything and they're trying to trace it through to the engine, to, to all kinds of different things. And they started the engine up, you know, well, maybe the battery just wore down or something. But Nobody could figure anything out. We finally had to call the owner of the truck. He came over, processed it, and he he actually concluded that what had happened was there was a cable that had just come loose that was tied into the battery, and it was enough loose that it had lost connection with the truck battery, and so we were able to get it repaired and get this thing going forward. It was a visual that you have to keep connected to the power source sometimes. That is exactly what Paul is saying to us here in these final comments about spiritual warfare. He's been giving us all these lists of wonderful pieces of the armor that we are called to employ as a means of standing our ground and resisting the attacks that come to us. But in this, he is saying that in order to employ these pieces of the armor against the attacks that are coming, there is a special tool that is involved. We've seen some of the schemes of the enemy, and the word schemes is methodios in the Greek. It literally is the word we get methods from. This is the methodology of the enemy. And here are some of the things we've seen. We've seen that he uses lies and deceit, and we are given the belt of truth. The truth is our initial primary weapon against the, he who Jesus described as he is a, a, a liar and he's a, he's a murderer and he's a liar from the beginning, Jesus says in John chapter 8. He brings accusations and shame and condemnation. We are given the breastplate of Jesus' own righteousness, which is our standing. Our identity is found in Christ We are attacked with worry and anxiety, and we are given the sandals of the gospel of peace. We are attacked with fear and terror, the the fiery arrows that come, not individual arrows, but arrows as, as 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 an onslaught that come to just strike terror. And we are given the shield of faith. He attacks us with despair and hopelessness, as we saw last time in our study, um, where he gives us the helmet of hope of salvation. And then last week, Don talks about that the, the primary vehicle to help us with temptation and other attacks that come, the sword of the Spirit. And now we come to verse 18. And it's, it's not just a throw-in. The way it's worded in the original gives it 
profound significance. The NIV, New International Version, says it this way and in verse 18, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Now, I would suggest the in this particular passage, the English Standard Version and other versions do a little better translation of this, whereas the NIV says, and pray in the Spirit. It sounds like it's a verb and a command, but it's not a verb. It's actually, if you, you English makers will get this, it's actually a participle. It is carrying the idea of it is a, the word pray here is actually a word that is modifying something else. In other words, he's been saying, and the verb he's been saying in verses 10 through 17 is stand, 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 and stand putting on your helmet, putting on the breastplate of righteousness, employing the shield of faith. And then he says this. Literally he says, by or while praying. In other words, praying is vital to the employment of these articles of the armor. He says, you employ these things by praying. Praying in the Spirit. Praying on all occasions. And the context is the occasions are occasions of attack. So what is he talking about here? Well, I think there are three things that are involved in the type of praying that he is talking about here. And gives us three aspects of this prayer. And he says, put your armor on, first of all, by prayer that is founded on your frailty. He says it this way in the beginning of verse 18, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions. His emphasis on the priority of prayer in the spiritual battle is by the continual use in verse 18 of all and always. He keeps saying this in this case in the first phrase. He says, on all occasions. In all occasions of spiritual attack, he says, you need to be in a spirit of prayer. And there are two reasons for that, I think. Number one, he's told us about this in these verses. We face big enemies. Verse 12, described in this way, against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. And he's saying, we face unseen foes. Now, you may be out there and say, I, I can't believe there is still people uh, in, in this modern day that are, that are thinking there is a literal devil and, and, and literal demonic forces. Well, I would suggest to you, that the sense of evil in the world is not explainable without a generating power of evil beyond just our humanness. That there is the reality that there is a spiritual conflict going on, what we've called in this series the invisible war. We sense that we ourselves, when we think about who we're dealing with here, Angels of God that have fallen are now attacking the church of God. People in general, but with specificity, people that identify with the name of Jesus. We sense we're in over our heads in this battle. We pray because we are not adequate in ourselves. And he says, you must have the perspective that the reason we pray 
in seasons of spiritual conflict is because you face big enemies. You are not adequate in yourselves. Secondly, we pray with prayer founded on our frailty because it's the Spirit alone that employs God's armor. He says, pray in the Spirit in all these occasions. It's the Spirit that enables us. It is the Spirit that is the source of power for us and that we need to be tapping into God's power. There's a disease called myasthenia gravis. I remember reading about this years ago. I've since met a few people that have had this. And basically, myasthenia gravis, and, and I, I say simply, simply because that's the best I can do with a medical explanation of anything. But myasthenia gravis is apparently nerves. Uh, I could, I, if I had myasthenia gravis, I, I say I want my hand to close. But if myasthenia gravis has, has impacted me, especially if, in that particular portion of my body, the signal from the brain does not reach. There is a breakdown in the nerve ending, and the, the nerve message does not get through. Of course, the, the danger of that is ultimately, if there isn't some resolution, those muscles will atrophy because they are not worked. They're not getting the signals. They're not connected to the power source of the brain, and they, so they are not operative. We must have connection in our spiritual lives with God. God is all over Ephesians 6. And he says you need to be praying. You need to be tapping into the power source. It isn't just you resisting Satan. So I'll put my helmet on or you know, I'll wield my shield. No, he says it is, it is crying out to God as we'll see in a moment what that means. It is tapping into God's spirit who is the one that enables us to do that. The challenge in our spiritual lives is that Satan tries to distract us from this vertical connection. All right, I'll take it from here. I, you know, I, I, I'll resist. I'll speak in the name of, of God. And, and, but he says, no, the ultimate way is you, you, you pray dependently. You recognize your need. Joel Beck, Beek, B-E-E-K-E, in his book, Overcoming the World, Grace to Win the Daily Battle, says it this way, the goal of worldly people is to move forward rather than upward to live horizontally rather than vertically. They burst with self-oriented desires rather than heartfelt supplications. If they do not deny God, they ignore and forget God, or else they use Him only for their selfish ends. And here's the statement. He said, worldliness is simply human nature without God. Well, Christians can be that. We can act in a, in, in, in a behavior that is like the world, to, to act, well, I've got it from here. We, we act as if we don't need God. But this passage is reminding us that, that the foundation of our power source of living with our armor on is, it is employed through prayer. It is all about God through his Spirit's power in our lives. Over the last four years, I have spent, this is a ballpark, but I think I could defend it, in my own life, and it started four years ago when I first did a, a couple of messages on the fear of God. It just led me to my own study, and I've probably spent between three and four hundred hours 
just studying this. And every now and then, some of my, what I've been studying will come out in a sermon. But I've, it's, it's basically a study of all the scriptures on fear. Um, I, I put a title to it. Um, basically, my, my title would be, Of Course You're Scared, Your God's Too Small. And the subtitle is, Replacing Fear with Awe. That we replace fear of other things by fear of God in, in the sense of being awed by God's greatness. And as I've studied this and I've done a lot of my own journeying in this, I've come to the conclusion that there are seven specific things in the Scripture in all these passages where God talks about being awed by Him and how it overcomes our fear. That there are seven things about God that he says, these are things I want to stun you. These are the things that if, if you are living in light of these realities, you will overcome fear with awe. Here are the seven things. They all start with S. We are awed by the fact that God is stronger than anything that might harm you. That he is sweeter than anything you might lose. That he is smarter than anyone that works against you. That he is sovereign over any situation you are in. That he is surrounding you from any attack against you. That he is standing with you wherever you are. And that he is sufficient for any insufficiencies you feel. And I would, I would be willing to, to argue that you won't find a passage that talks about Fearing God and how it can benefit you that doesn't fall in one of those seven things. Why am I mentioning that? Because God is going to lead us to himself. When whatever he calls us to do, whatever he calls us to stand against, whatever attack is coming towards us, God always takes us to himself. And he says, draw near to me. Talk to me. Cry out to me. Trust in me. And spiritual warfare is no different. It's not, okay, I got it. You know, I just, I got to put my helmet on. I got to put, you know, I got to do this. I got to get my feet with the right sandals. No, the focus of spiritual armor is God. It's filling our lives with the reality of what he's promising to be. These, these seven things. He's stronger than anything that might hurt you. He's sweeter than anything you can lose. When, when we really are living in light of that, what you'll find in the, in the face of spiritual conflict is you'll be talking to God about those realities. That you'll be speaking to him, Lord, you're bigger than this. You're bigger than, 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 than the enemy that's coming. You're smarter than what I'm being confronted with. You're surrounding me. With your shield around me, we talk to God with the very truths that he shares with us. We claim those realities. We talk to God about God. We talk to God about his promises. And he says, if you really want to employ the armor, you do it by praying on all occasions. We'll try to get more specific as we go. God is not looking for strong people. He's looking for dependent people. 
He's looking for people that cry out to him naturally and spontaneously in their struggles. People who pray on all occasions, as he's talking about in this passage, on all occasions of, 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 of pl- times and places where he calls us to stand our ground in the face of the enemy's assaults. But he's talking to people that don't have it in themselves. He's talking to people that are inadequate for that conflict, who are aware and embrace their own frailty, but are stunned with the greatness and the goodness of their God. The second thing we find about the prayers that are involved here are they not only flow out or are founded on our frailty, they flourish by variety. He says this in the next phrase in verse 18 of Ephesians 6, pray with all kinds of prayers and requests. All kinds of prayers. The word used for prayer here is the general sense of prayer. There are some words for prayer that talk about asking. There are some words that talk about interceding for others. This word is the most general word. It just means you're talking to God. He says with all kinds of ways of talking with God. There's more to prayer than asking There's communicating, there's doing life with, there's relationship, and all kinds of communication with God, whether it's thanksgiving, whether it's just talking about uh, needs, whether it is confessing sins you've done against Him, whether it's just enjoying God and worshiping Him, whether it is debating with God over in confusion and struggles. I mean, all these are part of communication. He says, have all this. Be praying with all these things. This is part of of embracing God's power, he says. And as you're talking to God in relationship, you find that it isn't just asking. Years ago, um, it was a, this is way back in the original Star Trek. There was a character that was in a couple of different episodes, and I didn't see a lot of Star Trek, but I do remember this guy. He was a, a guy named I... Mud, M-U-D-D, his last name, I guess. And he, he had a planet where he was, and, and the Enterprise, the spaceship came there with Kirk and the gang. And they arrived on this planet where this guy, I-Mud, ruled this, this bizarre kingdom. And basically what it was, he had these robot-like women that were gorgeous, and, but they had no will of their own. And he had created them. Basically, they were there to just serve his every need. And, and he had, <laughs> the best part was, he had created one that looked just like his former wife so he could completely boss her around all the time. And so Imod is there, and here is this purportedly utopian uh, uh, paradise environment where all these women are there, and they just exist to serve him. And the enterprise comes and I mud immediately attempts to take over the enterprise with one purpose. He wants to escape his own planet. He, this is horrible because he's got a, 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 a it's, it's like the Stepford Wives. Have you ever heard that story where the women just lost, again, they just served their men, they lost their mind. Well, there's no relationship in that. He had no relationship. He had bodies. 
But he didn't have, relationship is give and take, right? Relationship involves at times misunderstanding. It involves conflict. It involves then having to process stuff. It it involves being emotional with each other. You read the Psalms and you find out that's exactly what it's like with godly people, with God. They're doing life. They're talking about stuff. They're, They're wrestling with stuff. It isn't just asking God. And the picture that Paul is presenting to us here, and he seems to want to say, he says, look, prayer is the way you you activate and employ the armor. But he said, I'm not just talking about a vending machine God where where you just, or, you know, just a robotic God that you just get, that he just exists to serve your your needs. He says, this is relationship. You are relating to God. You're doing life with God. You're enjoying God. And he's enjoying you. And he says, this is how to pray. Be praying with all kinds of prayer. Asking, confessing, debating, just hanging with all different things like you would do with a spouse or a beloved friend that you are trying to have relationship with. He says, pray with God like that. And then he does say also pray with all kinds of requests because there's all kinds of struggles. There's all kinds of attacks that come and they require different things, right? For instance, we cry out to him when we're tempted, God, protect me, free me, deliver me. We seek his comfort and acceptance. We need him to love on us when we're accused and we're shamed. We need to find his shelter and protection when the fiery arrows of Satan come upon us. We need to relate with him and talk with him and enjoy him. And when the different onslaughts come, there'll be different aspects of God. That's why one of the stunning things to me as I've gone through this series on fear over these last four years is there's not just one thing. God just doesn't say, look, here it is. Here's what, you need, what you'll be awed with. Just know that I am the surrounding shield around you and everything will be good. Well, that is one of them. But he says, I also remember, I'm, I'm smarter than anybody that's coming against you. Also remember that I'm stronger than anything that's being thrown your way. Also remember when you're scared of what you're going to lose that I myself am sweeter than anything you could lose. What is he doing? He's saying... I will be what you need me to be when you are under assault. I will be what you need to hear. I will share myself with you. Ask me. Cry out. He says, pray with with whatever you need, but, but bring your request to God when you're assaulted. He says, don't just suck it up and think you're going to now be a warrior and you're going to conquer the devil. He said, it's laughable. And the Lord wouldn't say it that way. I'm saying it that way. It's laughable to think that we're going to conquer the arch enemy, but the power source that we have is available with all types of attacks. And he says, pray different ways based on what you need. The third thing we find is we come with prayer that flows from constancy. 
He says, with this in mind, in the latter part of verse 18, with this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. He says, you're praying all the time. Well, how do you pray all the time? I'd suggest there are two things that are involved in that. Number one, to be with our spirits, praying to the Lord, just naturally talking to Him in all situations, we must have specific, regular times with God in prayer. I'm not asking you to be a, 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 an hour pray, prayer person, but I do think we need to carve out time to be with God. I think the best time is first thing in the day, but that we get used to, and if you're married, if you're in a, in a serious relationship, you know that you have to be intentional in making time to talk. If you're not sure about that, when you have children, you will find out you have to make time to talk to each other. That's how you build relationship. That's how you keep connected. It isn't the only talking you do, but there has to be specific regular time to build relationship. C.S. Lewis says it this way in his book, Mere Christianity. The real problem in the Christian life comes where people do not usually look for it. It comes the very moment you wake up each morning. All your wishes and hopes for the day rush at you like wild animals. And the first job every morning consists simply in shoving them all back and listening to that other voice, taking that other point of view, letting that other larger, stronger, quieter life come flowing in, and so on, then it will be all day. Standing back from your natural fussings and frettings coming in out of the wind. What he's saying in that context is we will find ourselves being able to sense God's presence and having those, that, that awareness of his, his presence with it. But it starts with saying, I'm, I'm going to let God into the first part of my day. I'm, that's going to be the most intentional part of my day. I am going to have time where I'm with the Lord. The second thing that are involved in it, that, that is having this prayer, praying, um, always keep on praying, is that we have spontaneous conversations with God. That to pray at all times is to spontaneously pray. Now, if you're not carving out time for intentional conversation with your spouse, you're not going to typically have natural, healthy conversations other times because you've got all this stuff that's built up that you haven't processed and worked through, and you're going to find you're, you're distancing. But if you have been together and, and you, you're, there is good communication in your marriage, well, then you're going to find other communication times that are, are much more natural and spontaneous. So it is with God. One of my favorite stories is, is the story actually a missionary told and it was a story of, he was down in South America, I don't remember what country it was, and there was a, a, a young guy, I, I'm, I have always pictured him about 12, I don't know that he actually was, but this kid was there, and he was playing soccer, and he was a Christian boy, and he was a boy that the missionary just saw God, the reality of God in his life, he loved the Lord, but he said it was such a beautiful experience one day when they were out playing soccer and this guy gets and, and he gets an open shot in front of the goal and the missionary was over to the side playing defense and he, so he was right near him and he heard him and this kid uh, has a shot 
and, and the goalkeeper, and he's got an opening in the, in the corner of the goal, and the kid spontaneously says, look, Lord, look! And he put it in the corner of the goal, and he said, this kid is just what we all want to be, that the Lord is so real to us, that we're doing life so much with him, that, that we just, he's part of the conversation, he's part of the experience that's what Paul's saying. He's saying you're praying at all times. And, and, and when assault comes, when you're tempted, when, when you're fearful, when the flaming arrows come, when you're in, starting to despair, your mind just naturally goes and says, Lord, be my shield around me here. I claim that reality. God, these are the thoughts that I'm hearing now. I'm hearing I'm a less than, I'm a dirt, and, and I feel the shame and accusation. Lord, remind me what's true. Affirm again to me who I am to you. That we spontaneously do those things if we're naturally taking time to be with God so that when we're tempted to worry or fear or lust, prayer becomes a natural cry for help. Lord, give me strength. And not given to worry. Help me to trust you right now. God, blot out these horrible visuals to, that, that are starting to control my mind again. God, help me as I pick up this phone or as I read this letter. When I see that person's name in the address box on my email or their photo on the wall of my Facebook. And it just, I find my blood pressure going up with fear. When the fiery darts come. God, help me not to yield to fear and to fail to do what you want me to do. When you're overwhelmed with responsibility and feel fatigued in the battle, God, help me to not carry my cares. But I want to cast them right now. I cast this on you. I cast this appointment, which I'm just dreading. Lord, I'm giving it to you. That we're naturally giving those things to the Lord. And when we're accused, prayer becomes a cry for perspective. God, help me to remember what's true because I'm your child. God, help me to choose to love and not focus on my own shortcomings. Get my mind off myself. God, help me to not see myself through the lens of self-condemnation and the less than side of the arrow, but to see with your eyes. It's interesting in the, in the Pilgrim's Progress, there's a scene where Christian is, uh, it says he is actually, the mouth of hell is breathing at him. And here's what he says. When Christian perceived the mouth of hell hard by the wayside in the valley of the shadow of death and saw flame and smoke and heard hideous noises, that he was forced to put up his sword and betake himself to the other weapon called all prayer, which is taken from Ephesians 6, the, the word all meaning all all occasions. So he cried in my hearing, O Lord, I beseech you, deliver my soul. And he just spontaneously cried out, Lord, help me right now. We are, we are given armor as a defense against the attacks of the evil one. It is an armor that is employed through prayer. But I want to talk personally to everybody for a moment. It's interesting in verse 18, it makes this, it's the last phrase, always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. There are times, and I'm guessing some of you are there right now, 
when it's hard to pray for yourself. Maybe you're just beat. Maybe you're just so discouraged. You're so overwhelmed with so many things. I think what he's saying is, don't only pray for yourself as a means of doing spiritual warfare. Pray for others. We talked about this as pastors this week in light of this message. We're trying to think of a way that we could make ourselves available to just pray with people. We know what it's meant for us to have people come alongside and and support us to the throne in the midst of our own issues. So what we'd like to do is to offer to you, and all eight of our pastors have agreed to do this, that if you would like someone to pray with you, there's a link. Um, If you're in the chat, uh, the host is putting that link up there now. I want to say it for you if you're not looking at the chat part of the broadcast. It's fellowshipsj.life slash prayer. Fellowshipsj.life slash prayer. And if you want to go there, just put whatever information it asks. I think it'll be name and a phone number probably. One of us will covenant to call you by tomorrow evening. We'll get with you in the next 36 hours. And our intention is just to call and say, can I pray with you? And what can I be praying for you? If you feel the need of that and desire for that, we would, we would be grateful for the chance to come alongside of you and pray. Prayer is the means of employing the power in spiritual conflict. God has given us all these resources. We know Satan's trying to get in our head. So he says, put on the helmet, which is the hope of salvation. He gives us the breastplate. He gives us the shield of faith. He gives us all these things. But he also reminds us that the generating power for that comes by our crying out to God and sometimes by crying out for each other. Let's pray. Lord, there's not one thing going on in one person's life on this broadcast that you don't know. Lord, the psalmist said, God, you know our frame. You know that we're dust. We're not strong. We're not adequate for the conflict, Father, but you are. You're strong. You're sweet. You're sufficient. You're sovereign. You're surrounding us. You're all these things that we need you to be. You're smarter than anybody and anything else. Lord, we want to lean into you. We want to trust you to see us through the onslaught that many are in right now as they listen to this broadcast. God, help us to be humble enough to make time to be still with you. Awe with yourself. Stun us with your greatness. Lord, be with us in trouble, I pray. Thank you for wanting to be there. In Jesus' name, amen. Now go in peace to love and serve and enjoy the Lord.